You're listening to Across Culture, the podcast which explores culture, identity and the Christian faith. I'm your host, Jessie. Hey listeners, this is part two of a two-part interview with Shaquille Namahi. If you didn't listen to part one, then I'd really recommend you listen to it. Otherwise, you don't know what we're talking about. Happy listening! It's a really good point. Yeah, I'm thinking about um, friends who have grown up with a Hindu background and so much of what their culture is, is um, Hinduism. So, so much of Hinduism is in their culture. So, for example, if they became Christian, then what, what does that mean? Like, can they still celebrate Diwali and Garba and these kind of things? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always it's something that I'm always thinking about. Like, how does one navigate that? Mm. Yeah, and I think th- there's some things like you want to be able to still celebrate because actually there's part of your your culture and um, and I think sometimes we can put uh, like our own Christian spin on it. Mm. Um, but sometimes it's also I think it's helpful to to understand what's the root story behind these different traditions or celebrations. Um, pick out where uh, they come from quite religious backgrounds um, and maybe alter them if they need to sort of like uh, separate um, back from them. So one of the ones that I think of growing up is um, uh, um, a tradition of like um, of a celebration called uh, Raksha Bandhan, which is um, where uh, uh, sisters would go and tie um uh, like a cord or like a, a string or thread around like uh, their brothers as like a sign of just uh, like they're my brother and they're somebody who looks out for me and protects me um the word raksha is the word for protect um and like the stuff like that which actually that's a really great way i think sometimes we're just honoring that like that sibling connection that people have that sort mm. of that dynamics between brothers and sisters um i think i mean I, i'm not completely familiar with like the connections of it but i think there are some religious connections to it but there are ways that you can do some of that stuff like separated from it right. um but i think yeah whether people have different approaches and different views on how you do this um but i think the most helpful thing to do is to educate ourselves about what is what are these traditions and what are these reasons and i think also in our own christian culture as well sometimes we go through the motions of um doing something and we think well this is the way it's always been. So we just do it. I've never questioned why we do it because I, I think there's, we miss out on stuff if we just do stuff for the sake of it yeah. and not ask what's the significance here? What's the meaning? What, where are, where is there symbolism being used here? And actually once we ask those questions and find out what the symbolism and the, the meaning is behind the different actions that we use, actually we find that we get more out of it because it comes with a greater sense of meaning um we we see we see a different way of uh, we we unpack more of the story and because we've unpacked more of the story of these different events and or practices we we have a bigger picture of it yeah thank you I think the last thing we'll talk about is Norjavan. Yeah, so you are a host of a podcast, I believe. Can you tell us a little bit yes. more about your podcast and also 
um, what Norjavan is and where that came about? Yeah, so um, I host uh, the Norjavan podcast. Uh, Norjavan is a Christian organization that um, uh, aims to uh, inspire, equip and develop uh, the next generations of um, uh, South Asian, British Asian Christians uh, in their Christian walk. Um, and it came out of a place of, um, so it's just over 20, it's over, just over 20 years old now. Um, and it, it, it grew out of a place of wanting to be able to minister to um, uh, South Asians uh, in the UK and making sure that they, the, this was an, communities of young South Asians weren't being missed out. Um, so that's where it came from and that's where the focus of like the work has come from from doing um, like conferences events um, but also connecting with churches to do uh, to offer resources and um, opportunities for teaching and network and just building fellowship through that um, and I guess like I had this uh, point like a year ago um, I think yeah it was last summer um, back in 2019 and I was I was just listening to podcasts um as i as i would do and i i couldn't help but feel that actually there's all these christian podcasts out there but there's nothing really coming out from uh south asian uh christians and their voices mm. and i thought this was problematic for two reasons firstly it means that south asians aren't hearing other South, South Asian voices in their what's available for their podcasts. So they're not always going to hear um, people speaking directly into their own circumstances and mm -hmm. their own experiences. Um, so I felt there was something that um, people who are South Asians were missing out from that. But um, alternatively, like there was also the wider church was missing out on hearing South Asian voices speaking into the general array of Christian podcasts that are out there. Um, so, I, you know, I thought, you know, it, podcasts have become the new medium for, um, like people, you know, went through a phase of doing blogs and stuff, but now mm -hmm. podcasts have become yeah. like, uh, the go-to medium of sharing ideas and stuff and yeah. how we communicate. And, and I thought actually, you know, this is something Norjavan isn't doing and, you know, we want to evolve how we do our, connect our ministry. And I, I just felt just a, like a prompting. I felt, you know maybe this is something that would be good for us to do. I just felt like it had been put in my heart and I was just like, God, is this something you want me to do? Um, I spoke to uh, Sanjay who heads up Norjavan and we had a chat about it. Um, and eventually we managed to get uh, some ideas together um, and it felt right. And we got our first episode up. It was last last november actually uh, november Ooh, 2019 one year so anniversary one year one year <laughs> anniversary which has been really good and we've been doing like a, a monthly podcast where we're just trying to cover um we've heard some testimonies from people we've um uh, had some conversations about um some really uh, interesting topics so we've talked about um ethnocentric churches and talking about like asian only churches what are the challenges of that uh, we've talked mm. about um marriage and relationships we've talked about race we've talked a bit about mental health um mm. i really enjoyed getting the chance that really was it cool. when we talked about mental health was that's a really taboo subject in yeah. asian cultures and that was great getting the chance to do that uh, as, so that's what we sort of just hope to do with the podcast help to have interesting conversations from um 
about conversations that South Asian Christians want to have, uh, but they're not necessarily seeing them ha happen in their own churches or in their own communities. Um, so how can we have those conversations online and help involve people get people get involved in conversations like that? Uh, but also it's great to hear stories from other Christians, uh, South Asians, but also just from other Christians in general. And then, you know, hear it from uh, sort of our, our sort of ministry within South Asian uh, Christians in the UK um, to just sort of be inspired and learn from it. Um, and sometimes to find people to look up to. I think sometimes in the church, um, particularly if we're in churches which um, uh, are just your local church and they aren't Asian churches, um, being an Asian in church can feel quite isolating. You want to get involved with the stuff at church, but everything just feels a bit like you don't fully connect sometimes with like the structures of the church or the culture, and it can or you think, oh, well, all the leaders mm. are very different to me, and I think, well, I can't be, um, I can't get involved in you know you know the ministry here at church i can't get involved with doing uh serving in this way or doing the kids ministry or doing um you know if it, if it was even like like leading or preaching or worship ministry um i couldn't get involved with any of that because none of the people here all the people here seem to be very different to me they're not like me so maybe I'm not the sort of person for those sort of roles and those sort of jobs and actually mm. getting the chance to see somebody who you think, Oh, that's like, that's an Asian person, person doing that. Um, think of like, uh, so in, in the past week we've had, um, uh, Joe Biden has won, well, has not, he's won the U S election. -ish. <laughs> he's one ish. He's one ish. The U S election. Yeah. Um, but think of the significance of him and, but also Kamala Harris, mm. who is to the church. Um, mm -hmm. The first uh, black vice president, the first Indian vice president, because she's uh, biracial as well. Mm. Um, and that's huge. Like you've seen, I've seen like the, the outpour on Twitter. And for a lot of people who grew up thinking in, or in the context of America, thinking if I'm a woman, if I'm uh, black, if I'm Indian, I'm not right to be in that sort of position of leadership and that role of government. That's just not for me because clearly it's not because that's, it doesn't, I never, I'm never going to fit the mold of vice president. Um, but actually what we're seeing in uh, Kamala Harris is that like, mm. you, a woman is doing it. Somebody who is black is doing it. Somebody who's of an Indian, uh, heritage is doing it. It's giving somebody to look up to and say, I could be like that. I see something of me in that person. Um, and sometimes we, we forget how important that is. Um, actually seeing an element of representation, mm -hmm. seeing people we can look up to. And I think we don't always talk about it because if you're like, so in a, a, a culture where the majority of people are, are white, um, white British, and so, you know, it's, it's reflective that the majority of people in leadership often are white British, but sometimes you, you forget that actually those people when they, they're like young and they're looking up to future to leaders or other roles they're doing it. It's like, Oh, do you think, okay, I can be like them, can't I? Because I'm like them. But when you're different to the people who are leading, you're thinking, well, I don't know if I can be like them because I'm quite different. And so when mm -hmm. you see somebody like yourself, you see somebody that 
think, oh, I could be like them. And it, it re- it's really amazing the way in which that opens. Um, it's like empowering, isn't it? Breaks it? Down, yeah, it's empowering. It breaks down barriers. And I think that's um, something I'm, so I'm aware of, just like me being in the Church of England, that, um, you know, there aren't many Asian voices or South Asian uh, uh, like voices and figures and leaders there. And actually me being there says mm-hmm. to people, give whether I'm trying to or not, will give a message to other South Asians that actually this is a space where South Asians can can live out their faith and to be a part of a thriving Christian community. So good. Um, yeah, and that's it's powerful. It's amazing what we what we bring from our representation without even realizing it. Yeah, thank you. I actually have um, three things to say. So one thing is that uh, you're talking about representation, and for a Asian, well, maybe an Asian person growing up in the UK, what you said earlier about going to a church which might be predominantly white and they don't feel like they fully fit in or that they're able to serve in certain capacities. Um, and then, so for example, if they were in a network like Norjavan, then they would be able to flourish in that way, which I see is something that is important. But also my question, which is not really a question, but I think yeah. you, you kind of answered it um, by your experience, is that if there isn't examples, then we can be the example, for example, for example, so many examples. Yeah. Yeah. Like being the trailblazer in that way, which isn't an easy thing, but, um, is also possible and one thing to do. Um, the second thing I want to say is it's interesting actually, because, um, so I'm Chinese, I'm British Chinese born in the UK, BBC, British born Chinese, whatever you want to call it and we say that we are bicultural so we have our um, family's culture uh, basically Chinese culture and also the British culture so we say that we're bicultural but the fact that we are bicultural but then we still don't feel like a hundred percent comfortable in a white majority church is a really interesting thing mm. um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Like why, even though one of our culture is British, why aren't we fully satisfied? Yeah, it's, um, it's this weird dynamic, particularly for those of us, like, you know, we, when we're, we're born here and like, we're the, the children of our like parents who have immigrated. Um, we occupied like this weird space of like being British Asian and that mm. we both have a, a British aspect of identity and an Asian aspect of our identity. And when we're like at, at school or at work, we're, we're, it's like, oh, you're being too Asian for this space. And then when you go home to your family, you're being too British for this space. <laughs> and you're like, well, I don't know what to do here. Like, yeah. I'm, where do I pick you up? And you feel like we can often, I think we fall into the trap of thinking that we, we end up getting caught in the middle and feel like we've got to split ourselves 50-50. And I want to, like push back on that and say it's not about being 50% British and being 50% Asian it's about being 100% British and 100% Asian mm-hmm. and 100% owning that being British Asian is a is a different identity um, altogether and people express that in different ways and how they feel comfortable with how they connect their their Britishness to their Asianness but I think it's something we've got to embrace as um, as just a part of 
who we are. No, no one chooses uh, what culture they, they're going to be born in. No one chooses where they're bo- they yeah. they're born. It's just it's just one of the it's one of the chances and luck of life that um, we are. I say luck of life. It's where where, where <laughs> God ever sort of give, um, has created us to be, yes. uh, wherever we're born to. Um, and we've just got to own that. And I think there's a bit of it. Something we've just got to sort of own our identity. I know for me going on my own sort of um, ex- exploring or, uh, my journey to training for ordination, I had to figure out what, what does it mean for me to be like British and Asian? Because I'm going into like the Church of England, which is often thought of as a very white church. Yes. So I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to be a vicar in the Church of England, does that mean that I have to, to be a Church of England vicar, I have to express more of my british side and, and not my asian side and that made me a bit like well but i also want to express my asian side but maybe if i'm god's calling me to the church of england i mean it has to be focused more on the british side mm. and it wasn't until a couple of years ago i went to um i went to a conference out in um nairobi in kenya it was a anglican conference for uh, anglicans all across uh, africa had come here and it was really interesting, really exciting, seeing different expressions of Anglican identity mm. uh, from different cultures, from like from Kenya, from Uganda, from uh, uh, Ghana, from South Africa, uh, for Zimbabwe, um, and seeing each of them being fully like fully Ghanaian, fully Kenyan, fully South African, but also fully Anglican as well. And that was really helpful because it was eye-opening to see, oh. For me to be uh, like an Anglican priest, to be a Church of England, a priest and vicar, is about me being fully me. And me being fully me is to be British Asian, is to bring both of that um, uh, to, work, um, to, my, to my future ministry. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing being the Shaquille that God has called to do that role. Um, I'm Shaquille is a British Asian who has both these aspects as a part of his culture, both these are part of his heritage, both of these things are part of his, his passion and the stuff that he cares about and the stuff that, that matters and is a part of his story. So if I'm going to be Shaquille the vicar, then I've got to bring all of that to me because if I'm yeah. not, then I'm missing out on fulfilling the calling that God has called me to because he's called all of me to do it, not just half of me, he's called <laughs> all of me to it. And I think so often we forget that when God calls us to do stuff, that he calls all of us, all of our story, all of our uh, history, even the hard stuff that we don't like to, to like, like think about, you know, if we've had a, a difficult uh, upbringing or something hard has gone in our life, which was like, I'm just going to push that to the side. And look, you don't want, if there's like baggage, you don't want it to like be something that you carry around with you. However, the stuff that goes on in our past is a part of our story as well. And we can't change that nor should we feel like we have to change it. Sometimes we need to take a step back and we evaluate it and reflect on it and process stuff. But that is still part of our story, the story of us, of the person that God is calling forward. So, you know, when God called Moses to, um, to lead the Israelites um, out of Egypt, you know, we don't forget the fact that actually Moses was a murderer because he killed someone and he legged mm-hmm. it into the desert to hide away for 40, 50 years. Yeah. Um, we don't forget that that's part of his story, but he's not defined by it. But that is something that's gone along in his journey that he spent his time in the desert. And it wasn't until when he was in, in his eighties that God said, now I'm going to use you to do this. If, if we forgot like the fact that what happened before, the fact that he was, he murdered someone and then ran away 
if that if we forgot that from his story, then we forget where Moses is in the story, like eight years old, going out in the back, from the desert back to Egypt. We can't forget that as a part of the story because that is the story, whether we like it or not. But he isn't defined by that. He's defined by the fact that God has called him to lead the people of Israel, to go to Pharaoh and uh, to, to help uh, and say to Pharaoh that God wants his people to be free and to help lead them through that. Um, and I think that's that's the amazing thing in that we're not defined by our past, but we're defined by our God instead. We're defined by the God who leads us mm. and calls us rather than the play, like then the things that have come from our, our past and our history. So yes, we're British. Yes, we're Asian. And God, that's a part of our story. But first and foremost, we're, we're children of God. And we're identified by the fact that uh, we have God in our lives. We have our, God's Holy Spirit in us and that we're followers of Jesus Christ. And that's the for, first and foremost thing uh, that defines us and makes us who we are. So good. <laughs> so good. Thank you. I think... Um... Yeah, it's really good, but it's very, I don't know, somehow it seems like it's, it sounds a bit abstract. Um, yeah, okay. it, it, it might not be, but I'm, I'm finding it hard to grasp, like, like what, what does it look like to be a vicar who is both 100% British and 100% South Asian, for example? And may, maybe that will look different depending on the season of life yeah. or whatever context you're in. Like, how can you live that out? Or how yeah. can anyone live, live the identity out in that way? Yeah. So for me, it, it looks like some of the things that reflect, you know, some of the things that we're talking about our own, what it talks about, um, what defines South Asian uh, churches and South Asian cultures and their churches. I think of hospitality being led through food. I always want to offer people food mm -hmm. uh, or do hospitality or trying to go the extra mile and how we do that for people. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm somebody who's quite, um, particularly in, in church, I can be quite a, a loud and character. And for me, that's part of the expression of my, my faith. I come from a culture which can be quite loud and colorful and energetic about, um, about everything really. So by all means, I'm going to make a, I want to make a song and dance about <laughs> being a vicar. Nice. Uh, and bringing that to my life not feeling like i have to be a straight lipped laced um vicar because that's what vicars do well, no, <laughs> i'm gonna be be um me the stuff that matters uh, to me i'm gonna okay you know i'm gonna bring that the way that i want to honor um uh one another and the way that i do respect and uh, honor towards each other um i i bring some of my uh that's that asian cultural approach and, and an aspect to that mm -hmm. and I bring that to express my Christian calling um, because that's part of what God calls me to bring um, anytime but I cook they always taste I mean people are always like you're making curry it's like no that's just how I cook that's <laughs> not everything I make curry that's a separate conversation but um, about stereotyping but <laughs> yeah I'm really sad that this interview is not live <laughs> because you said you like to offer people food oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's a shame that we can't do this in person otherwise um but yeah i love uh, cooking and hosting and bring spring generosity and hospitality and going the extra mile yeah i think south asian uh, asians in general are hard working and i think 
yeah that, that um there's something in our culture there which i think we need is is a great thing to bring to our mission for the gospel Beautiful. and i want to bring that into uh, that sense of drivenness and that 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 hard work ethic into how i want to minister to the people because it's i want to love people as best as i can um but I don't want to do it just for my own sake or like, you know, sometimes we do it in Asian cultures for the sake of our, the status of being hardworking or getting a good job, Mm. you know, how it looks or the finances and the money with Jesus. We take those, those things that um, we can take those cultural um, uh, patterns and traditions and, and norms and values and we center them around Jesus. So I don't work hard just so that, um, the other people in the my the other people in the village or in the community think that I'm all that or think that I'm really great. I work hard because I want to be faithfully serving Jesus as best as I can, so that I can love people as best as I can, and that I can witness God to them as best as I can. It's not about that, and I think it it just redefines that. You know, um, we don't care about trying to like that we don't i'm not going to be shaming people um like asian honor shame cultures often do because in jesus our shame is take is wiped away because jesus takes our shame to the cross Mm. and so we recenter it we see it in a different light um and i think that's something that i can bring from my own christian ministry to asian communities as well because you know like christians are still like a minority in asian communities i'm gonna as well as being like um as well as being uh, a British Asian vicar in what are traditionally white spaces, I'm also yes. a Christian in what in what will might be traditionally Hindu spaces wow. or Islamic spaces. You're a minority um, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, minority everywhere, but to bless uh, people through uh, the fullness that is is God. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you. So um, I think to end off with, I'd be interested in hearing more about the bicultural British Asian identity. So in terms of BBCs, British born Chinese, um, what happens is that when our parents generation came over from places like Hong Kong, South China, they settled in lots of different places in the UK because a lot of them came here to open takeaways and Chinese restaurants and that Mm. kind of thing. So in a sense, Chinese people are quite dispersed and there's not really one area where Chinese people are congregated. Or maybe you can say we're concentrated in London, for example, but yeah, yeah, you can't say like um, Bradford or Wolverhampton, that kind of thing. So in my experience or what I think is that south asians i know there's different types of south asians but they are also concentrated in places and there's probably a lot more of them in the uk compared to um chinese so for us we are trying to navigate our identity in the places that we live in and a lot of these places um we don't have that many other chinese people so what does it look like for south asian british communities where there are um, other people who are in the same boat as them yeah yeah it's um it's a different sort of challenge and i thank you for saying that and i know we spoke a bit more about some of the experience of chinese mm. uh, christians growing up here and like the dispersed nature of like the community yeah um you just sort of like 
you make up more of a, a representative number like in the local community in relation to how many uh, are Chinese people in, in the UK. You're saying like with South Asians, you often get like bubbles and yes. big, like, like, like uh, big groups of them in different areas. That is both a great blessing and a very deep challenge as well. Um, okay. It's a blessing in that actually there's people you can share and hold on to your cultural heritage with and share those traditions, people who get it, um, who understand what you're, you're on about here. And that's great that you get to be able to celebrate that and have that. Um, and that's a rich blessing to share and uh, for helping you figure out, well, what's my Asian identity? Mm. Well, it's helpful when you've got lots of other Asian people around you to figure that out. Mm. However, the challenge can be um, you effectively just create like little mini Indias, like or mini Pakistans, like all across the country. Yeah. Uh, and then you just create a bubble of a culture that doesn't fully know how to engage with right. the rest of the culture. Um, right. Because and so you get um, even if you're born in the UK. Yeah, even okay. if you're born in the UK, you can get some communities which um, are very much like they're they're south asian communities um and actually you 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 centered around just the asianness of the community which is fine and that's good because that's the, the community that you're in but if you're in other parts of the country that is going to be a great switch like how you're engaging with wider general uh, british culture um which you know it's there's no sort of set thing of what it is that's the, the great diversity of culture and the, the joy that it gets to be um mm. Uh, mixed but I think sometimes it creates groupings which can be unhelpful um, and I know that like South Asians can be very um, tribal I remember one time I went to a, um, a South Asian church as a student I was told to go check it out um, nobody really sort of they weren't a church sort of geared towards welcoming new people so they're a bit confused I think by the fact that some like 19 year old just went, walked in um, one day and like after this, like the service, they were having some food and stuff. And I ended up going sitting on the, with the guy's table because I did, I, as much as I wanted to go, sit, I wanted to go sit with, with on the women's table. Cause I thought they will be more chatty and actually more friendly. <laughs> so, but the, no, they were like, no, go sit on the guy's table. Oh. They weren't particularly chatty. And the first the first thing that somebody said to me wasn't hello. What is your name? It was hello. Mm. They just went India or Pakistan <gasps> straight to the point. It was like, which side are you on? <gasps> and I think one of the challenges I think of like the South Asian cultures is so often it's about, well, which side are you on? Which tribe do you represent? Mm. And the difficulty of when we do that is we keep throwing each um, ourselves at, at each other. And we do that not just without each other, but I think we do that with, well, it's our culture against the rest of the world. You know, it's, and for people growing up with a British Asian dynamic, well, if we're just in Asian bubbles, when we're trying to figure out the, the, the bicultural nature, the British and Asian, we're in a community which says just the Asian, just the Asian, oh, forget the British aspect. But actually both of these things are part of us. And that can be hard to navigate when you think, well, where does, where does my British culture fit into it when I'm only being told to value my Asian culture? Um, and that can that can be really challenging. And I think it, well, by putting it against each other, it doesn't allow us to celebrate them both as good things. Um, and I think celebrating the both together is an important thing, just for our cultural identity, but in every aspect of life. Um, 
being able to start celebrate difference to, uh, together. And I, um, we're celebrating uh, race and ethnicity. We're celebrating you know, Asian communities, African communities, Latino communities together, not as at, at war with each other, but celebrating mm. the, the diversity of God's church. Um, men and women, not at war with each other, but celebrating the diversity of church through uh, gender yeah. and our different sexes um, and celebrating the differences of age and uh, different uh, like social backgrounds. It's about celebrating the difference and not being at each other. And I sometimes wonder that when we have bubbles of uh, groups, um, particularly within uh, like South Asian uh, bubbles, that we can go back to being tribal with each other rather than celebrating diversity of the gifts that we have here in our community and we're blessed that we get to express our asian identity like this but also the fact that we express that asian identity within our british identity you know across the country and um and i think that that can be its own challenges of its own uh, struggles or things there to navigate but if we navigate it well and, and wisely i think there's some great riches and blessings from it mm, yeah thank you so would you say that in norjavan you also have Indian and Pakistani Christians um, still, yeah, still connected yeah. to one another. So what, what's really amazing, I think, you know, I've spoken to other guys within the Norjavan uh, family and community. What's really amazing is that when we have like Norjavan gatherings or events, we've got, we've got Indians, Pakistanis, uh, you know, Punjabis, Tamils, Gujaratis, uh, like, all you know, Sri Lanka's like all worshiping in one room together. Mm, but actually, if you go back, if you go <laughs> to those countries, mm. you know, across the world, if you ask all those people to gather together to to do something together as a collective activity, they're like, no, I'm not doing that. Wow. No, no, too many different. There's too many different clashes. They won't get yeah. on. Even in the UK, if you did that, even Christian church, yeah, yeah, Christians, even outside the church, yeah. they can really struggle with that. So actually the fact that Christians, Asian Christians are doing this is massive. And we're like, whoa, this is like, this is amazing. And mm -hmm. actually I think it's how it, the reason that is happening is because our identity isn't centered around our cultural background or ethnicities, but it's about centered around Jesus. Yes. Jesus is who we're there for. God is who we're there for. Yes. And all these people's all these different backgrounds, you know, we celebrate it. We love it when people are like, we're going to sing a song from, uh, from our um, church and our language. I love hearing like um, people singing like a Malayalam song or mm. uh, people are saying, uh, this is something, uh, it's been a huge growth in the Iranian church in this, um, in the in the UK. I yeah. love hearing Farsi, people saying, yeah. we're gonna, let me share you this, uh, this Farsi song from our, um, from our churches from back home. And, and that's amazing. That's celebrating the gift and the diversity of God. It's the languages of heaven that, um, you know, when we're all together in our new creation, just hearing all the different languages and tongues that are being shared. And it's something of heaven and God's kingdom that's Beautiful. there. And I think that's really brilliant. And, mm. and I think more of what God is calling our church to be. And not just hearing different languages being represented, but also being able to worship in those languages too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I so love it. I we love can sing Farsi songs as well, yeah. Yeah, different, different languages. And like, it's helpful what? just put the translation underneath. Yeah. Um, so that you know what you're saying. And that's a great way of engaging in it. Mm. Um, and look, nobody's like, oh, am I gonna get the pronunciation right here? You know what? God doesn't really care. He loves that you're joining in and it's a real joy to do that. 
and I think it's encouraging for people, particularly if you're like the small group, uh, the minority within the minority, it can feel like really like, well, I just don't know where my place is in this. I feel like I'm just, I'm not really a part of the party. I'm just a bit on the sides, you know, mm. um, being like a bit of a wallflower. It's like, no, no, God's like, that's not what God's church is for me. Everybody is valued. Everybody plays a part of the body of Christ and in this church. And this is a way that we get to express that. So good. Yeah. Well, next episode, hopefully going to be talking more about worship in different tongues and heart mm. music. So hope you listen to that. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've, I've really enjoyed the podcast so far. I've managed to, um, I think I've listened back all to series one now. Oh, have you? Been, Thank uh, yeah, really you. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really great to get a chance to check it out. I've, uh, yeah, just just started the second series, but yeah, oh, I've been really enjoying and hearing the interesting conversation. And Norjavan as well. I've been enjoying those podcasts. So thank you. Cheers, thank it's, you. It's really, really great to, yeah, I think it's really great to just listen outside of what we're used to as well, and to listen more about the South Asian Christian mm. experience. So thanks for enlightening me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cheers, thank you. Super. So I'm gonna put a link to your podcast in the show notes. Um, do you have any other links? No, just, just a, a link to the, the show. You can um, find us on um, uh, the Nordjavan podcast on your usual like Apple, Spotify, and just, just if you look on it as well, you can find the host website as well. But uh, yeah. What does Nordjavan mean? Do you have a meaning? Nordjavan means um, youth or young people in uh, Hindi. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Can you spell so, it? Yeah. Can you spell it for uh, us? Uh, yeah. So it's N A U J A V A N. Great. Thank you very much. Nojavan. So yeah, it just yeah, it just means youthful young people. Um, Lovely. Yeah, but yeah, so, yeah. Check out the podcast and check out what we do on like social media and our website nojavan.com as well. Nojavan.com. Great. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Shaquille, for your time. It's been great to talk to you. Cheers. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for having me. No problem.